0: Today, I want to talk to you about financial margin. Um, and I know, I know what I'm getting into on this subject um, because money and church, are, are, I've walked this tightrope for 20 years, and here's what I've learned after nearly 20 years. It's best for me to just be as plain and clear as I can with God's word and leave the decisions about what you do with what God says up to you right? And so we need to talk about this subject. It's massively important that we talk about financial margin. Leviticus chapter 23 is, um, is an interesting passage that we've looked at, and here's what the Bible says. It says, on that same day, you are able to proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. So he's talking about a change in your life, changing something. Someone had to prove that they could go fast, like whatever. If you're online, someone just was really loud on the way by. And, it, and everyone looked as if they could see the car going that direction. <laughs> that was awesome. Sorry. So on that same day, you are to proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. So you're supposed to take a break. We've talked about that um, a little bit. You're supposed to also make a change. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down or put it in the comment section online. My next level of freedom requires me to change your next level of freedom in whatever area it is that you're focused on in your life it's going to require you to change and this was a departure from their normal activity like i need you to do no regular work and he says it goes on the your bible says this this is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live so it's not bound by geography And it's not bound by age. This is an eternal principle that's meant for all of us to carry on way beyond this time setting. Watch what he says as the instruction. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field, or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. Here's what God says to the farmer. Don't sow all of your land leave a margin, leave a ring around the edge, leave a frame around your property. Now listen, this is in addition to another biblical principle called the tithe. So he's saying, in addition to you giving 10% of your resources to the Lord, you're also not supposed to harvest all that you have. Watch this, because the 10% that we call the tithe, that's God's, this margin Is for those around you and you for your time of need in the future. So he gives you a principle that I think is very interesting when you layer them all together, you stack them all together. If you have 100% of your resources, here's God's plan. 10% for him, the tithe. 10% for yourself, for future emergency events and those in need. And then 80% that you live on. Now, that might create a big challenge for us in the room and us on watching online to say, here's what I'm saying, that it would be good in order to get room to maneuver financially if you could get to a place where you live off of 80% of your income or less. That could be tricky. But if we'll get there, we will see that God uses the 80% in a way that he never could use the 100%. Why? Because we're doing it his way, and when we do it his way, God blesses his way way more than we can even get into our brains, right? So watch this. Margin is this. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. It's the space between your capacity and your limit. And there are six areas to consider in margin. Financial, emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, and time. And today we're gonna look at financial. We've looked at emotional and spiritual and time. We won't get into physical and relational this go around. Maybe another one. Write this down if you're taking notes. When margin is low, stress is high. So in my financial world, Angie and I have had our, the most number of arguments over money. And you know when we argued the most about money? When we had the least. Why? Because when money is low, stress is high. It works in every area of your life. But in this one, I'm so passionate about helping you and loving you, and talking about this plainly, so that the youngest to the oldest can get this and make changes where changes are necessary, because I dealt with a lot of pain, and I know so have you. Years ago, I worked a job at a place called Centratech, it's a local company that did telecommunications work. And we, um, when we did the work, I, I would always travel out of, well, not always, but I had a lot of work out of town that I would go and work for, for the owner. And the whole crew did. He, he, had a, he had a contract with Lowe's. And so anytime there was a new Lowe's bill, Todd's company got all of the wiring jobs. So we would go in and we would pull all the phone cables and so on and so forth. Well, they would give us about $25 a day called per diem to live on and it was Ange and I and two small kids. And I say this jokingly, but it's the best description that I can give mental picture that I can give you. We lived a half a nostril above water financially. I mean, we were just we were just under the weight of it. This is late 90s, early 2000s. And I, when we would go out of town, we would get $25 a day. And I would hope and pray that the hotel we were staying in had continental breakfast because I could eat a breakfast and then take some to go, (laughs) and have that for lunch, and then go someplace affordable for dinner. I I went, in those days I ate a lot of Taco Bell. And in the early 2000s, late 90s, you could get enough food to choke a horse for five bucks at Taco Bell. I mean, quite literally, and figured it. Like, a horse probably wouldn't want to eat $5 worth of Taco Bell. Um, I don't even know if you can get a Baja Blast for 5 bucks Now, I don't, I, I've boycotted Taco Bell, not because of any political position, but because of a stomach and dietary issue, like a <laughs> digestion issue. I, 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 I kind of want to tell you this story, but it's gross. Could I tell it? When margin is low, stress is high. We went out of town with some friends and we went late to Taco Bell. And it came back and fought me. <laughs> we're in their home. And there wasn't enough distance between the living room and the bathroom that I knew I was going to need. Margin was low. <laughs> the stress got high. Right? I didn't eat Taco Bell for like eight years after that. <laughs> Terrible. So I would, I would say I would say, back to the the margin financially, I would do that because if I could just spend $5 a day, then that means I could go home with about $100 extra that week if I just put myself on a $5 a day food budget. That's how cramped it was. So tight. And we were doing everything we knew to do, but we didn't have any room to maneuver. And so it's, it's with that heart that I want to talk to you about this because um, I, I think that we deal with this. You may be dealing with it now in your business, in your family. It may go on cycles. It may, it may go in spurts. But we have to discuss it if we want God's best. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20 says this. In the house of the wise are stores, everybody say stores, of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. You can see margin in this text that a wise person's gonna save something for later because they know they're gonna need it, and a foolish man, he spends his paycheck before he gets it. Look at what Paul says over into the New Testament to, to his son in the Lord, Timothy. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So when you have godliness, you know who you are in Christ, you have peace in your soul, and you're content Paul says this is the highest level of attainment that you can achieve in spirituality is that you're content and you know who you are in God. He goes on and he says this, and now he starts talking about, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Your hearse is not gonna pull a U-Haul. You're leaving with exactly what you came in with, nothing, nothing. He goes on and he says, but if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that, said no American ever. <laughs> Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Watch this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil, you need to hear that. It's the love of money. And the love of money is not tied to a salary or economic status or position. In other words, there are poor people who love money and don't have it. There are rich people who have plenty of money but it doesn't have them and they don't love it. There are plenty of of poor people who don't love money and don't have it. There are plenty of rich people who love money and want more of it, right? So here's what he says. So some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Watch this. Didn't say rich, said people who are eager for money. Watch what this eagerness and desire for money has done. They've moved away from their first love, they've moved away from Christ. The money has caused them to move, not for everyone, but in some cases, money has become their God. And if you think about it, I think that's why we become so obsessed over it is because money can interchange itself with the things that God can do. And we can get confused with money and God thinking they're both able to do the same thing. And since God doesn't do it in our time, we'll go get the money and we can do it on our timeline. And so that's a challenge, and it leads to many griefs. This is a trust factor. What I'm speaking to you about is faith and trust and confidence. I would summarize what Paul says this way. Our culture has defined happiness, and here's how our culture is defining happiness. More than I currently have. I'll be happy when I have more than I have today. Then you get more, and you say, well, maybe just, one more thing, or one more thing, or one more thing. And it's a never-ending struggle and battle because one more thing never becomes one more thing. It never ends at one more thing. It's constant and becomes a grief for you. So, more than I currently have. Let me give you something that I think will be helpful, whether it's physical, financial, relational, emotional, spiritual, or time. I want to give you a system um, to kind of run your life through the 80-20 kind of thing, right? This 80-20 principle. And remember we talked about last week that so many are running their lives at 120%. So you're 20% overload. So you're really 40% percent behind because you need to be at 80, but you're running at 120, and so you're way overloaded. So let me show you what this looks like. Um, I'm going to give you something to write down or screenshot if you would like, okay? Um, I'm going to use these, these letters as, um, as abbreviations, but the first thing I want you to see is this line, okay? This line is a dividing line that I want you to consider that Above this line, what I'm gonna destra- describe, get your time, energy, and resources. The people above this line should get 80% of it, and the people below it should get 20%. Now, this will be challenging for you because um, when you come to an aha realization that people below the line are getting 80% of your time, energy, and resources, You'll get frustrated, but you'll also immediately understand why you are feeling the emotional exhaustion and financial exhaustion and physical exhaustion and time crunch that you're feeling, okay? So here's we go. So VIP are very important people. Those are your family members, your close friends, perhaps your colleagues. If, you're, if you are um, an em- employer, they are your employees. They're very important to you. The, the VTP are very teachable people. You're, they're in your life. Perhaps you're helping them grow spiritually or relationally. You're helping them grow in some shape, form, or fashion. Then you have the line, and below this line are very nice people. They smile, shake their head, and nod, but no change really comes. And then you have the very draining people in your life. Um, uh, these are the people that I call, <laughs> these are the people that I call assholes. What does that mean? It's a person who constantly asks for your advice, but never does anything that you told them to do when they asked for your opinion or your advice. That's an ask hole. Their ask goes into the vortex of goneness. Are you uncomfortable that I, you're thinking about how to use it and you're thinking about all the people in your life that are ask holes and you're sorting through, should he really be saying that and if he slips up and says it wrong, I'm recording it and sending it to my friends right? I, very nice people. They smile, they nod, they do nothing. The very draining people are the ones that you have to make a, a, an instinctive response to, am I going to talk to them or am I going to walk away from them? Because then you're like, they're the energy vampires that you feel their pull from three aisles over, okay? I I know that we don't want to acknowledge that, but we have to acknowledge that that is real and that's costing you, and it doesn't make you a bad or a mean person to acknowledge that those individuals exist. Now, if you're struggling in the room because you're married to that person, (laughs) I need you to come to Churches That Heal during our Wednesday Night Connects to get help. So 80% of your time, if it's going here, Time, energy, resources, you're gonna be good. But you're gonna get drained. You're gonna have struggle. You're gonna have challenges if 80% of your time is going here. So what do we do, right? Matthew says this. In Matthew chapter six, verse 33, a verse that you're well familiar with. Very, very familiar with. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Fill in the blank. That's God's word to you. That when you seek God first, First, everything you have need of, he will supply. So, in creating room to maneuver, it's a very simple but challenging change or thing that you have to constantly keep up with in your own life is, am I putting God first in every area of my life? And to create room financially, you need to put God first in your finances. Not second, not later, not, <clears throat> not after the bills are paid, First, this is what he asks. This is what he says is going to be the way forward. Watch this verse in Matthew chapter 3, or Malachi, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe. The tithe, as we talked about a few minutes ago, is the 10%. Bring the whole thing into the storehouse that there may be food in my storehouse. Um, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. This is one of the only places in the entire Bible where God says, Hey, test me out in this. Put me first in your finances and watch what I'll do. Let me pause and say this. Over nearly 20 years, here's what I've observed about people when it comes to tithing and their positions on tithing. And I believe that the tithe and that the storehouse, the tithe is the 10%. We do it off the top. Angie and I do it off the top because there's always the question of before taxes, after taxes, all those details. I'll let you and God sort that out. Angie and I give that off the top to our local church here. Here. Angie and I are tithers and have been. In fact, there was an organization that we were gonna partner with, but um, I didn't partner with them because they asked that Ange and I give our tithe to that organization, and I said, no, I'm investing in this local church. I love this place. I'm going to feed what feeds me. This is where I live. This is where I'm able to make a difference with people who want to make a difference, and so that's my belief system about it, okay, and so um, there are five positions that I've seen when it comes to tithing in the local church. Number one, people who believe it and do it. Number two, people who believe it and don't do it, Now, people who believe it and don't do it, there might be lots of reasons. One of the reasons might be they don't have room to maneuver, they don't have margin, and they're just not at the place where they're just gonna take the plunge and say, I'm starting right now, today, 10% off the top. For some reason, there's a barrier there. Again, that's why we're offering what we're offering on Wednesday night, so you can get to that place. So we can help you do that. So believe it and do it, believe it and don't do it. Don't believe it, and therefore, don't do it. Fourth, don't believe it, don't believe that tithing, don't believe in tithing or don't believe they should, but watch this, but they do it. Who would do that? Why would someone do that? Don't believe it, but they do it. Here's why that happens. It happens because you've been pressured, bullied, and coerced, and beaten with the Bible long enough that you just give up, and you do it. And what I, want you to, what I want you to know is this, there's no blessing in that, that isn't anywhere near in my heart, and I don't want you doing that. There needs to be faith attached to what you're doing in order for God's best to work in your life. Then lastly, there's a group of people who just wanna argue about it. And that's the, uh, that's the position that I'm not interested in, right? watch because i every listen you can be a part of our church and not be a tither no issue with that just know that all of the difference that's being done is happening because people are putting god first in their finances and so you may be living in the residue of what other people are doing and the result of what they're doing created a scenario for you to be here but you're not necessarily doing anything back in return. And I would just challenge that a little bit. If something is benefiting you and you're seeing that God is moving and you see it's a principle, then you ought to engage in that principle. Here's what he says. When you do this, see, when you test me, when you test me in this, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That's not my idea, that's God's idea. God says when you, when you participate in this principle, when you do that part, this is what I'll do. And so when you put God's first, three simple things, you experience God's blessing. Tithing is the solution that God gives to humanity that makes absolutely no sense in terms of finances. Can, can I just help you with this? It will never make sense mathematically to put God first in your finances, never. If you're waiting for it to be the best scenario for you financially, it will never show up. And here's what I can also promise you. The moment you take the plunge and say, I'm going to put God first, all hell is going to break loose in your world. Your finances are going to go crazy. The dog's going to get sick. The refrigerator's going to stop working. The stove's going to need replaced. Listen, you, you don't, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Oh, no, no, no. Every time. Every time. I've watched this for 20 years. Why? Because the enemy sends the devourer to take you out. But God, when you're a part of this, his economic system, he, the Bible says, rebukes the devourer for your sake. He's the one that commands that enemy to take his hands off of what you're prioritizing to go to God. So, you experience God's blessings. Proverbs 15, 16 says this, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. When you put God first, second, you become supernaturally content. This is the result. Because the focus is off of you and off of God, and so you become content. How can can I really trust God? That God's gonna take care of me. Well, I think it's time that we step into a place where we determine that God is either telling us the truth and we live by his principles or it's a bunch of old wives' tales, fairy tales, throw the book away and go do whatever it is that we want to do all day, every day. I think it's time to get in, get out, or get run over. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. I appreciate it. But let me say this to you as well. And when you wonder if God has enough because oftentimes we're wanting and striving for more and we wonder if he has enough for us and we forget something very interesting. We were at that golf outing yesterday and I noticed something in the parking lot. I don't know if Jake or Larry noticed this, but there were apples in the parking lot falling off of the apple tree. Falling off, being run over and squished. Rotten. God is not short of resources to get to you. There are more apples that are going to fall off the tree in the orchard this fall than humans and animals could possibly consume. Because he's a God that's more than enough. He always takes care of us. Look at Proverbs chapter 18 and verse, or excuse me, Proverbs 8 verse 18 I'm going to finish with this. Riches and honor are with me. This is God speaking. Enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield better than choice silver. So the last thing. So when you put God first, you experience God's blessing. You experience a supernatural state of content that Paul talked to us about. And and finally, When you put God first, you end up with more of the things that matter in your life. More joy, more peace, more comfort, more of everything that matters most. Your next level of freedom, remember, requires you to change. Now here's the concern, because I could go on and on this morning. But here's really really the core of what I'm trying to, ask of you. Is this an area in your life in which you need to initiate change? Are you putting God first in the area of your finances? Are you putting him first in all the areas that we've discussed? Because real change doesn't take a long time to describe what needs to be done but it does take courage to act on what we know needs to be done. I was talking to an individual some time ago, and I started, I started getting a little, I was hearing them, but they weren't hearing themselves. They weren't hearing themselves back. They were saying, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I'm not asking If you know this, I'm asking you, are you doing it? And to what degree are you doing it? Because for me, this is my family story. This is what we're passing on. This is what has brought us through. This is what has made all the difference that we've put God first in our finances. And that is a faith proposition. And watch, the older you get and the longer you've gone without doing it, the harder it is. I get that. That's why we wanted to give you a resource to help you take that step. And if you're the individual that says, don't believe it, not doing it, cool. That's between you and God, but just know that I'm not going to stop saying what I've been saying for the last 20 years because it's the conviction of my heart of what I've learned from the word. And this is my belief and my position. And it's what I have seen make a difference in my life and the lives of so many others. And if you're struggling in this area and you're going through pain and you're not living through the God first principle, that's the change I'm asking you to make. I don't know if this is the right way to punctuate it, but this is what I would wanna say if I was unfiltered and didn't really have um, a need to be dignified. I would say, don't be an asshole. Don't ask what you should do with your money and then not want to do it God's way. That doesn't make any sense. But when you do it God's way, that's, 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 why, I'm like, that's why I'm saying it. It's why I'm encouraging you. It's, it's why I'm teaching this idea of room to maneuver because when you put God first, you end up with more of what matters. You do. And that's what I want for you. Not more, but more of what matters. It's what it's what. I think even more importantly, it's God's plan for your life. And this might not be the run around the room, yell and amen service, but it could be the one that changes your future forever.